Hello party people and welcome back to I haven't heard that name in years. The memoir Life and Times of someone who started as Hannah Sutton, uh, middled as short stack and has ended up uh, Hannah Harkness, possibly also Junkyard Cat. I'm a lady of multitudes. Uh, if you hear nonsense in the background, it's a dishwasher. Do you know where the dishwasher is? It's a hotel. Do you know where the hotel is? Edison, New Jersey. Why am I here? I have coronavirus again. I, I'm a big virusy lady, baby. I got I got four vaccinations, one monoclonal antibody infusion, and three cases. I I am just full of a uh, full of the virus. Can't seem to die. I believe in reincarnation anyway. So uh, whatever. There is no dying. You don't know if there's anything happening after death. None of us do, so we should pick the fun one. Eh? Anyway, uh, welcome to part two of the three-part stand-up comedy series. Uh, this time, we are talking to Miss Rachel Fogletto, one of my best friends in Philly stand-up. Uh, somebody I still frequently text with my trials and tribulations and random TikToks and references to things. And it was awesome having her on. Uh, and as a reminder, my other projects... We have Kate's Bunker Live uh, when I'm not uh, hit by illness or catastrophe. That is alternate Tuesdays on Comedy Hub Live at 10 p.m. EST. It's uh, twitch.tv. Comedy backslash backslash backslash. It should be a band name, Comedy Hub. And uh, Kate's Bunker Season 1 is on all podcast platforms uh, and uh, Audible as well. And Brooklyn Battle Comedy remains on IWTV, and this podcast remains on all podcast platforms and Audible, if you found me. Welcome. All right, well, me and the dishwasher gotta go. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to I Haven't Heard That Name in Years, a lazy and chaotic memoir that's leaving out a lot of stuff, but it's a lot of fun interviews with people from all walks of life. Hooray! And we're back. So, uh, welcome. Uh, so, the podcast we're doing today is part of, I guess, what I'm calling the stand-up comedy series. Uh, there's uh, multiple people that I'm going to talk to about comedy because it was 13 years of my life and it's very bizarre to me to say was still. Mm -hmm. I kind of stopped doing it in 2020, but it's like uh it it did eat my 20s. And we and we did have the podcast episode where uh we talked to the first person that knew me doing stand up when I was 19. Uh but I treat um the my actual participation in the comedy scene and not just at weird variety shows as a different era because then that that's like it's a very very different place uh so one of the people producers and friends and awesome people uh that i absolutely needed to have on the podcast is rachel fogletto um hey and she is here now hi rachel hey what's up <laughs> 
not a lot. Just, uh, I just finished recording, um, the episode where I was talking to a study abroad person in Norway, and now I'm, oh, uh, I'm shifting gears. Yeah, no, I'm, ha I'm having oh. a day, it's, I'm, I'm having a nice moody, rainy day, uh, going through old memories with people. Um, I'm I sure I'm going to, to wistfully stay off the back the balcony. What's up? I forgot to ask, uh, it's okay, I assume it's okay if I curse? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Ask. I always ask no, you're totally cool. Yeah, you're fucking great. Let's 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 fucking do this. Fucking great. Have you seen that? I think you should leave sketch with it where he's in the haunted no, house. No, everybody keeps uh, telling me to watch it, and then it adds like a, a weird pressure oh, to watch it. And oh then... yeah, no, there's too much shit. Don't worry about it. Um, the it's it, the, I will. The, the thing about I want to. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I really do. I really want to. It just it just like then it uh -huh. becomes a thing, and my brain just mm -hmm. has to like make it not be a thing. Oh yeah, no, it's it's completely fine. I what I like about I think you should leave it is it is mercifully short. Um things okay. are too long. Things are too long. Um I think that uh the best movie to come out in years is Polite Society because it's an action movie that stays inside of ninety minutes, which oh, doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, it seems like they're, it, they're, they're all like three hours movies, long. Yeah, movies are too long right now. I mean, I, I understand when, like, you know what really tipped me off to it is that I remember back when uh, movies used to be on multiple VHS tapes if they were too long. Oh, and yeah, I double recently, box. Yeah, double box, like, if they were too long. And now I look at the runtime of the movies that used to be in double box, and I'm like, that's nothing. But, like, mm. some of the double box movies were only, like, two and a half hours long. And I'm like, that's a, a standard Marvel. Marvel movies are like capping over three hours or whatever. And I like, cause I think Titanic was in two boxes, and yeah, that wasn't it was a crazy it was like long. three hours long, I think. Yeah, it had an intermission. Something. I think did it have mm -hmm. an intermission? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I forget. Like, it's it's funny that they actually did used to put intermissions on tapes and shit. Gone with the Wind had multiple boxes too. Is I I just remember this because I. Yet, when you actually used to have a blockbuster and video rental places for VHSs, you would remember the cassettes because it's the same ones. Everyone's It's like a library. They're borrowing the same ones and you rent the same ones over and over again. So you start to remember the cases and like the fact that certain things are there, you know. Yeah, for uh, sure. I think my grandmom had it. That's why I remember. Mm -hmm. I never watched it. Yeah. Sorry, um, everybody. No. Never yeah. watched Gone with the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's no big deal. I, I went on a, a binge of, uh, like, backlogged movies that people should yell at you to watch recently. I feel like I, I always go, it's always, like, some weekend where I'm like, oh, I feel like watching a bunch of stuff. I just get this out of the way. Let's watch Citizen Kane or some shit like oh, that. Like, something that nerds have been yelling at me to watch and just get take care of like five of them in an afternoon and usually it's fun because usually uh they're the hype is for a reason unless it's scarface <laughs> oh boy well i mean then you get to like yeah be really excited about a movie that like everyone was excited about like 20 or 30 years ago so Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, then I get to like have to restrain the uh, urge to make a million uh, freezing cold takes and post yeah. them on Twitter. <laughs> I never really restrain it. I love um, but... old. I love when people watch like stuff that mm -hmm. is old already and they post about it as if it's new. That's like mm -hmm. my favorite thing. Yeah, it's weird for me to to watch Twitter go. I kind of watching Twitter go away. Oh, you uh, mean because, X? You know. 
X. X. Yeah. No. Watch. Watching Twitter. Um. By the way, everyone hates on the logo, but I love it because it reminds me to not click on the app. It, it looks like a do not enter sign. Um, True. So it just yeah, confused I, me the day it happened because uh-huh. I didn't know. Oh yeah. It, and I'm like, why do I have all these notifications on this weird app I've never seen before? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, that was a weird day, and on, on my phone it was like flipping back and forth between the bird and shit, and I should have uh, screen recorded that. Um, I thought about it, and then I didn't, so and now it's creepy. never going to happen again. Yeah. yeah, it's it's weird how that happens, but I also realized that I did, I've been a heinous Twitter addict for roughly 12 or 13 years, so now it's going to be interesting to watch that fade into the past, and then in the future when they make, like, nostalgia shit about, like, oh, yeah. the mid-aughts, they're like, oh, I well, guess I have to tweet that, wink, remember when we used to do that? Well, <laughs> Twitter was, like, weird. a great, and I say was only because it's, like, I still go on it, but it's, like, it's dying. It's terrible now. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. But, like, it was such a great way to help you write jokes because you could... Oh, yeah. Like, you had to shorten the... It's, like, how do I present mm-hmm. this in the easiest way possible? And that's what mm-hmm. you have to do. So that, I like it yeah. for that. Like, I don't... I loved it for that. I loved it for that, and I loved it for, like... I, I'm a weirdo that makes friends on the internet and shit, like, so I, and, like, a lot of friends on the internet. We're the same generation. Fr- I've made internet yeah. friends. Yeah, right, exactly. So I, you know, I, it was a great place for me to build that and everything. Um, there's a lot of really cool friends I met there, and, but, you know, it's just, it comes with a lot of toxic bullshit as well. But I didn't realize how yeah. much my addiction uh, kind of jacked me up like oh i have to put every like you know it's 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 weird for me that i can't put those thoughts anywhere so and, and then i just in, inevitably be like well i guess i'll write something and i'm like hey well shouldn't maybe this is what i should have been doing before i would have been writing more but twitter but like i i don't know if i would have had twitter if it weren't for comedy hmm. i i'm not sure i'm genuinely not sure because i i think if i wasn't super into saying funny things all the time I, I wouldn't know. have kept it if it wasn't yeah. for comedy. I had one yeah. before, but I didn't. I used it to just like post stupid mm-hmm. stuff, and then once I started yeah. using it for jokes, it's like, oh, I actually use this now. Yeah, no, I had it uh, when you were texting it. Like, it, you could only go to the browser, and you could, or you could text it. And I thought it was like the greatest shit in the world that you could text it from a flip phone, and it would post um, because there's no smartphones yet. So I was easy to impress. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, I get it. Good times. All right, so uh, we're gonna delve a little bit more into that. Was that th- not that that entire intro segment wasn't great and still uh, memoir worthy? For um, context, yeah. <laughs> for, for context, sure. yeah. We need we need all that shit. Uh, we're gonna like delve into some of the other stuff. So, uh, Rachel, I met you. I think either the second or third instance of my open mic at what was uh, Comedy is Liberty, which I'm not sure if this yeah. episode is going to air before or after the Comedy is Liberty episode. It might be after um, because me and Mike O'Donnell are going to do a separate mm-hmm. episode just about Comedy is Liberty because we did it for eight years. Um, right. But yeah. 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 So Comedy is Liberty is an open mic I had for eight years that was at Liberties, which eventually turned into Bourbon and Branch uh, and then moved to the Trocadero. It was a, an incredible instance of failing yeah. upward. Yay. Of course, I yep. remember that last, the last one. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so do you do you remember like when it was initially at Liberty's, like what the scene was like yeah. there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like that was like yeah, it was around the time I met you, and that mm-hmm. was I mean that was like around when I like I started at the end of 2012. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like 2012, 2013 was about. I feel like that was. Because that was one of the, my, when did you start? Was it 13? Um, technically, I started in 2006, uh, but it's not, that it doesn't count. It's weird. Like, or actually, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it would, it would have been two, it was technically 2006, but I didn't start actually speaking to comedian comedians um, until, I'm going to say, like, 2013 or 2012. So, like, around the same time as you... Like, I think that I remember you saying that you had been in the scene about a year when I met you. Because I I met you from the downstairs bar. And then I think we figured out pretty quick that we both are nocturne alumnus. I remember Um, that. I remember being at the bar and talking to you about Mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, that that sounds good. Yeah. Yep, we figured out, we, we smelled the sex-positive feminist <laughs> on each other, uh, which hadn't, uh, was just eking its way into Philly comedy via us and, yeah. uh, the <laughs> incomparable, uh, the incomparable Nikki Black, uh, who had been in this. yeah, R.I.P. Wait What? Yeah, R.I.P. Wait What? Yeah, no, uh, we, yeah, I have that written down in stuff to talk about, um, yeah, like what? So, like, what do you remember of Wait What? The uh, the, the short lived. Uh, oh my god, I had so much fun. Project. I had so yeah. much fun doing that podcast. I still get bummed mm-hmm. out about the lost, the last lost episode, the lost last episode. Oh, the lost. Oh, the lost episode. Yeah, the last. Um, we recorded it live at Ray's Happy Birthday Bar, and it was me, mm-hmm. you, Nikki, and I think it was yeah. Nikki Fernandez and Chanel Ali. Yeah. And it was amazing. And I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened to it either. Uh there was uh you know the where we were recording that, um I recently got very weird flashbacks because uh there's this series called Philadelphia Noir that does short stories uh about like that they there's a series that does like different short noir short stories about various cities, but they go into aggressive research detail and when they talk about the characters walking places, they say street names and intersections and like shit you wouldn't think about like the big rock next to Ridge Avenue. Um, but they described this chase scene past the podcast studio that we used to use. Oh, yeah, in Maniunk, I remember that. Yeah, it was in Maniunk. It was up on a, a weird hill. No. I think it might have been a screen printing shop. Um, like, there was, like, a weird place that had, like, okay breakfast sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And then, uh, I, and it was Jim Corhan's place, too, who is yes. a human I have not seen in a while. That's the first person, he was the first person to book me on, like, I was, I started with the, like, like, what book me on, like, actual comedy showcases and not, like, some weird, uh, goth-related thing where they <laughs> found out I could do stand-up and booked me. Um, so, Happens yeah, to all of had, us. <laughs> happens to the best of us. Where did you first start getting booked? Oh, boy, um... I, I mean, in fit, like, I guess on the reg, on the reg, the regulars, um, what do you mean, like, for comedy? Right? Yeah, yeah, like, for stand-up. Yeah, like, when did, like, wh- how were, did you begin, I, like, did, oh, were you did just this, I mean, honestly, the mics and... I feel like, I, I mean, 
I got like a couple showcases like after I had done it a few months. Um, I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember. I feel like Chaos Comedy was the first show I got booked oh, in. That was it. Right, Adobe is that Cafe. the right that place of the duck burritos? It was Lalu um, and, that. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. That was, uh, you know what, I just talked to somebody about a story that happened at that gig, uh, like, last night. Um, That gig is the reason that I know that you can use fake urine to jump drug tests, Um, because (laughs) I was doing a bit about doing the detox drink to jump a weed test, and someone in the audience was just like, why don't you just use the fake pee? I'm like, what fake pee? He's like, yeah, you can order it on the internet, and then Jimmy yells from the corner, he's like, yeah, I did that, that's why I work at a children's hospital. Damn. That sounds about right, though. That sounds about right. Yeah. Chaos comedy. (laughs) It was. I forget all the the ways it had chaos, but I feel like there was, like, interruptions, Mm -hmm. but, like, not... It was it was because the crowd was always uh, sparse and weird. Or if there was a lot of people there, they're random. Like we, it was like jury duty. Like we didn't like you didn't have a lot of control on the room. Um, and it was always really late. Yeah, and I liked that. That none of that should be seen as not a compliment. That was one of my favorite things about Philly comedy. It was it's kind of like a a fight with the audience in a lot of ways. Like (laughs) it's like they present you. I'd say like weird. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, the thing with, like, doing comedy in Philly is that they present you with outside-of-the-box situations happening in the audience. Like, you know, bachelorette parties have a limited range of problems that you can have. Um, Mm, But, you know, actually, you know, know, they're annoying, but, you know, it still kind of stays within a certain realm of sanity. Um, But, you know, like, some of the problems you'll come up on in Philly, uh, like, I had a guy uh, dunk another dude's head into the floor in the audience uh, for being transphobic. I've never seen somebody, like white knight that hard like a, du- a dude like came up to the it, 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 this is awesome it was at a vfw in northeast philly um somebody came up to my mic and started muttering into the mic like not even like uh coherent just goes hey you seem like one of those feminist trans something something whatever's and i was like okay buddy get away from me because he was he's like way too close to me at the mic um and, and then i and like terrible. tried to get him to the audience yeah and terrible he was just being like shitty and i was like okay you're a real drunk you need to sit down and then he backs into some dude uh and goes like yo watch it spills drink on him um and then it was like some kind of like 90s comedy where the dude stands up and he's like a foot taller than him and he like just takes one hand and pushes the guy's head down into the ground like like whack-a-mole and he goes like that guy's being transphobic we we should kick him out It was like hero moment but the thing is that's in the middle of a set so that you have that happen and then you have to bring the crowd back um, yeah, that's a, from, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. yeah, insanity, and that's that's what like Philly was always throwing curveballs like that. New York, it was like kind of the same shit all the time. It never seemed to get like quite as crazy. Like I think that I've never um, at no New York open mic have I ever seen uh, a guy who looks like uh, the lead singer of Corn uh, pretend to hang himself with the mic cord. Oh, um, that <laughs> comedy is liberty, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, an open like, mic in general is really, I mean, it's such a mixed bag. Like, you just, uh huh. it's it's like, you know, Forrest Gump said, you never mm-hmm. know what you're going to get. 
Yeah. And like anyone uh... can sign. Like literally anyone can sign uh-huh. up. Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah. can write your name on a piece of paper, YouTube. Yeah, you're allowed to talk on un- oh, a semi uninterrupted uh, for like five minutes. Um, I bet, but I thought I liked Philly open mics more because the pool was more chaotic and it was also less with the goal of trying to be famous. And I, I honestly, I think the most noticeable difference between Philly comedy and New York comedy is that the uh, there's a lot of rich people doing stand up in New York. Um, there's not that in Philly. Um, and, and it's, it's so just... unrelatable, like in terms of yeah, stand-up. like I, I actually yeah. like I like the people like there's people. I've seen like, I, or I've like heard it's it's like if they want to say like a joke about their life, it's privileged. Like, yeah, I can't make that funny. It's like, yeah, it's not. The whole thing is self-deprecation, and Philly is like the best at that. So, yeah, like nobody nobody shits on us better than we do. Yep, yep. No, we're uh, we're we're tough. Um, yeah, I remember one time a New York comic came down to Raven Lounge, uh, and, like, he had the, the <laughs> and he said something along the lines, he's like, man, I like Philly, your black people hang out with your hipsters, and the way, the way the room record scratched and got quiet and looked at it like that, that was the, the most I've ever seen an out-of-town comic almost get jumped for being from out-of-town. Cause it's like I don't that even would... get it. Like, yeah, I, I, I like, uh, like, what are you talking? Are you suggesting that they're supposed to be separate and that it's quaint, or that no they're not black hipsters? Yeah, like, or there's no <laughs> black hipsters, which you should definitely know if you're from New York. That right, that's I was gonna say, yeah, like, uh, uh-huh. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that in New York and Philadelphia. Like, that's it's one of those, yeah, jokes, like when people say something, I'm like, it. Not only is it like. Not, like it's not even that it's like borderline offensive mm-hmm. it's, it's only offensive because it's confusing and it's not funny and i don't even know what you're trying to say so like it sounds like you just wanted to yeah. be edgy but it doesn't even make sense sorry yeah it does it does no. things like that no don't yeah. apologize yeah it's stupid yeah, like I, that is, I'm always thinking, you know, like I, I, this is why I needed to do like multiple episodes to cover the comedy era because there's just like so much, like, I, you know, we, and we did the episode with Steve already, uh, where we were talking about like some of the shit you could get away with in Philly comedy that you can't, like, like the wit ins. Do you think, uh-huh. here, you know, yeah. here's, yeah, no, here's, here's a question. Do you think we could get away with the wit ins now? Probably no. not, right? No, like, I no. Don't. <laughs> and I also it, it takes I think it was to of do its it. time too like i feel like uh-huh. it's a, i mean it's a yeah. school of, of comics every mm-hmm. few years like i don't even know i feel like there was i feel like widens was a product of the time if that yeah. makes sense like no it makes total sense and for people that listen to this episode independently of steve's episodes the widens were an award show uh, conceived by steve miller miller uh, incomparable voice actor and fake uh, Joe Rogan, uh, aka Toe Hogan on uh, Cage Bunker. Um, he uh, uh, is uh, had an award show that was like the Razzies specifically for Philly comedy um, with the categories like worst comedian, worst bit, worst offstage conversationalist, uh, were oh was... special achievements in misogyny, um, scumbag of the year. I'll never forget any of these. Uh, I'll repeat it. I don't care if we did it on another episode i'll repeat these they're funny oh we had lifetime achievement award 
um, which he gave to Wid, who is an incredible uh, pop. Yeah, he is uh, amazing. Le- legendary prop comic. Legendary. Uh, legendary Wid. Yeah, Legendary Wid, who's a legendary prop comic. Uh, definitely look him up on YouTube. And if you want to get high and watch Legendary Wid videos on YouTube, because they go all the way back to Carson, and they're very fucking funny. Um, they are, whew, like, it's... It, that shit's so fucking funny. He's also, by the way, he's. Do you know? Did you know that he's in a, a Star Trek band too? Uh, um, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised. And yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like. Yeah, no, it's in, I think they're called, like, the Roddenberries or something, okay. like, after Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, I, I think that, because I remember, um, it was just a great moment where I, t- I took somebody uh, nerdy that I was seeing to a um, little Star Trek uh, convention that they had at the Rotunda in West Philly. They had, like, a little, like, get-together type thing. And the the Roddenberries came out. It was like, oh, I heard there's a Star Trek band, so I wanted to take you. Roddenberries come out. And you know how, like, the band will come out first sometimes, and then if you have, like, a flashy lead singer, they come out, like, with a flare um, after the first few bars. Uh, so... I just got to experience uh, the lead of the Roddenberries uh, come in and, like, with a big flare, like, remove, like, I think it was, like, a space helmet or something with a big cape, and it was Wid. And I was dying. Like, it was just an incredible reveal. I was like, oh my god, yo, that that guy's the lead singer of the Roddenberries, the prop comic. Um, I got to open for him at Punchline. That was a highlight of my, uh, my, <laughs> my Philly comic yeah. career. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great show. It really was. Um, God, who, what, what else did I want to, <laughs> oh my God, I'm in stand-up mode. What else did I want to talk about? Uh, uh, well, this, this is so, well, so, this is new. I'll, I'll get out of here on this. This is new. Um, you know, here's another thing about me, you know, uh, <laughs> that's, which is kind of what this entire podcast is. Which, this is funny. Um, oh my God, oh, that should be oh, the new oh. podcast. Another thing about yeah. me. Another ba- another thing about me is um, that that that's the sequel that this podcast is called. I haven't heard that name in years, but I, I think the sequel should be another thing about me is. But I got to do it in like twenty five years. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's like a good a, idea. That's a thing that you'll always have content. Yeah, absolutely. It just keeps going. That's why Case Bunker that's, is that's endless too. That's the real reason we, for podcasts is that you know, yeah, it's just ongoing content. It just never ends. It never fucking ends. Um, I want to talk about uh, Nocturne real quick oh, because uh, there, it's again, it's the uh, connecting factor between uh, you and I think three other people's episodes at this point. Um, so uh, what was there like? When did you start going to Nocturne? Okay, so the first time I ever went to Nocturne, I was sixteen, and. Uh, it was like my 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 mom hardly ever let me do anything so mm-hmm. all the maneuvers of getting there were like my one friend like her mom let her do stuff so i like had convinced her to let me go and we were like we're getting a ride from a friend and it's a reliable person i had never met this person before this guy was mm-hmm. probably like who knows how old and he drives us to philly because this is when we still uh lived in i lived in new jersey i grew up there right and uh so he drove us to philly in this van that had like tape instead of windows and that was the first time i heard the song 
uh, You Better Get Ready to Die by Andrew W.K. Because that's what he was blasting mm-hmm. while he was, like, speeding yeah. down the highway and, like, aggressively driving to Philadelphia. And we're, like, changing into our slut clothes, like, as 16-year-olds in the Fuck yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to, this is how I'm going to die. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I went to Nocturne and I had a great time. Yeah. Oh, I didn't say it up to, again, I, I forget that people listen to shit out of order, but uh, yeah, Nocturne is the uh, goth club night in Philly that ran from the, I believe, late 90s, early aughts until, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like 2013, 14 or something. They still do reunion parties. Right. And there's actually, there's another one coming up. And every time it happens, I, I haven't been able to make it down, but I want to try. Um, you know, but here's the deal. It's not so much that I have that much nostalgia about Nocturne. I mean, it was it was awesome, but it was also still kind of a, a club night. And I, I tend to keep to myself and just dance at those. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, which you could do uh, there, which was cool. Like, yeah. You, it was so like you, could do there? you could go where like dudes mm-hmm. wouldn't be like grabbing at you because you were just yeah they can't because the way you dance at nocturne is like you're fighting midair you physically can't get close to people when you're doing the goth tree dancing thing uh watch the eisenpunk uh there's a a music video pong uh by eisenfunk um please watch that if you don't know what goth tree dancing is It, it is really just windmilling your arms uh and kicking and acting like you're being attacked but like slow slower than that um it's yeah and it was great yeah you're right it was it was awesome that you could be even be a teenager there and be like relatively safe yeah because it was Um, it was all ages so yeah it it was all ages upstairs and it was uh yeah it it was alcohol downstairs but people still didn't really hang out downstairs that much because it was like uh slower um it was like it was the goth room was downstairs yeah the the industrial more like stuff that like the fighting invisible ninja dancing like that yeah that was upstairs it was rammstein type stuff upstairs queen of the dam downstairs enjoy division outside it's kind of yeah the 80s i loved i was i love the 80s room oh yeah 80s room rocked um but yeah no the main reason i want to go to a nocturne reunion thing is that i need to shazam like five songs that have been bothering me and it's just one of those things that I just can't I can't hear them being played in the wild I don't know where they are in the wild and it you can't go like hey um do you remember that song that goes like you can't it sounds familiar you're really good at that yeah normally like I get I have a hard time remembering a song until there's lyrics but those songs Mm -hmm. there's so much noises in them yeah there's so many noises and there's also not a lot of lyrics or it's like one line being repeated over and over again or it's German yeah yeah it's German and I'm completely and I'll be googling Mm -hmm. the weirdest shit sometimes to be like what is that song that used to play at the club because I was not really into Mm -hmm. that music to the point where I would buy it but you're there yeah. so much you remember and, and some weird yeah because like, ADD like some weird thing will make me think of a song from the club from like a million years ago mm-hmm. I'm like what was that fucking song where they would be like yeah die 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 yeah, yeah no right? like, most of those songs didn't have fucking lyrics like it's just like die destruction something Wait, in you know what song bra, has bra. literally been in my head for like two weeks it was what like, Song where the chorus was just 
I hate your face, you fucking bitch. I hate your face. <laughs> 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 I don't remember anything. Yeah, no, there was the, we used to do the, um, you know, one of the funny, what, one thing that happened uh, in recent memory is that the guy uh, that played the drill, that played the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket died and a whole bunch oh. of industrial goths got on the internet and was like, well, they sampled Full Metal Jacket in like six different songs. So here's all of the, like all the Call Me Christ fans oh, came out like, RIP wow. this guy who said, oh Skull, God. fuck you. Because we listened to this song where he goes, Skull, fuck you. Skull, fuck you. Skull, fuck you. Like, and the, um, the oh, same thing, uh, This Is My Rifle was something yeah, that Nocturne that played. Play all the time yeah nocturne played this is my rifle the entire time and that's nothing but uh full metal jacket samples of that guy um so it's just that one and the skull fuck song and and i knew it was gonna happen too like the second that guy died i was like oh that's sucks but i was also like i want to is patrick gonna tweet about fucking call me christ <laughs> I, I like call me christ a lot yeah they're i still listen to they're them fun. um yeah yeah no they, um what do you call it uh, this shit will fuck you up is like oh, a, it yeah. gets me pumped up. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Oh no! Yeah. Listen to it. Oh yeah, no. And R- rifle will bring you right back to Nocturne. There are some songs that I'm pretty sure that never left the playlist and might have actually gone like twice in one night. Um, especially in the because I was mostly in the Stompy Dance Room. Um, mm-hmm. so. Like, and I got into it and I would, I I would like stand up on the boxes and dance, Mm -hmm. uh, and like wish I was hot. They, they did, the guy did this thing where he'd flash a spotlight on you if you were hot and dancing on the box. I I think I I was, yeah, me neither. I think like one, it happened like once for a second, but it it, like, it was like an accident. I'm like, yeah, no, I never got it either. And I, I wanted it and I was really, I I used to get like kind of pissed about it, but also didn't care. But I, I love dancing on the boxes. I was a ham. This this is what happened. This is how you end up doing stand up. It's when you didn't get the light on the go-go box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God damn it. If he had just turned that around, I could have avoided like thirteen years of spinning in circles. That's not how I view stand up. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm sure you would have done. You would Tempting. have done it a different way. Yeah, you would have done it a different way. Shine the light on me, man. He could save someone from a career of. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't regret stand up. Here's the thing: is that I shit talk it a lot because it's easy to shit talk it because a lot of aspects of it are very bad. But I don't regret a single second of it. It made everything else seem a lot easier, and it is also like mm-hmm. just good. It makes you tough. Uh, I think it, you can handle a lot more of the rest of life. Uh, every form of public speaking is less scary than stand-up to me. Um, it's True. like, yeah, I'm like, oh, you want me to go up there and, like, acting? I'm just like, oh, so I'm reading lines that uh, someone wrote, that not even me wrote, and they people are not required to laugh. I don't have to make anyone laugh. In fact, there's not even anybody here, and you want me to just memorize this and read it off a page? Great. Like... Comedy is so unplugged that it just makes everything else seem like you just you don't realize how much pain you're in until someone takes it away from you. As a mom, a line my oh, mom uses about boy. back pain. Yeah. yeah, my mom uses that line about back pain, but I think about that a lot with like shit like stand up and like 
it's it is worth it. it was worth it and it, for no other reason than uh i love casting my projects with whoever the fuck i want and most of like about half of people that i'm you know hiring are people that i met through comedy so um it's i wouldn't have all of these like cool connections and cool friends and everything uh but that does not mean it wasn't a hostile work environment and i'm not super into sleeping i i sleep my face off i love it <laughs> you know? yeah i mean it's it's like essentially there's no rules and mm-hmm. which can like be great for creativity but terrible for like safety and oh yeah just generally you know mm-hmm. and no unionization you know like stand it's oh. it's weird watching yeah. writers fall back on stand up that's terrifying i don't like seeing <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh no, that stand-up's not supposed to be the rational option. That, that writing's supposed to be the rational option. So if that's not there, what do we do? Ah! Um, yeah, isn't 2023 fun? Uh, <laughs> what? But, uh, I, I mean, I, the the past like mm-hmm. I don't know ten years, but well, that's why we're here, right? The yeah, pre, but the pre it, that. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, robot stand-up, uh, even if it ended up being funny, would be considered a separate nerd genre. I firmly That's, believe that, like that when people talk alt. about, that would be the alt comedy. It's just it, yeah, no, it's a it's a different because if people go like, oh, don't you think that robots could replace live performers? And I'm like, I don't think uh... you understand how nerds work. Because here's the deal. Yes, it will become popular, but it will become popular with a group of people that are nerds for robot stand-up comedy. It's like ironic. They, well, yeah, yeah like... exactly. It's ironic, or it's just a separate fandom that they want to follow and then become important as a fan uh, and, you know, have their podcast, re- you know, reacting to robot comedy. But it's not going to take away from live comedy. It's going to create a different thing for nerds to be into, and it'll be nerds attracted to it because it's computer stuff. Um, it's, like, that's, that, that's what I think will happen as far as, like, stu- like live performers, like, stand-up. Like, my dad tried to uh, give me that argument. He's like, don't you think there could be robot pro wrestlers? I'm like, absolutely. And their fans would be, uh, the same fans that show up to BattleBots competitions already. You know, they're nerds. They're gr- I say that with love in my heart. I am a nerd, but, you know, just gonna create a separate nerd fandom. Now, like, the actual, like process of people buying scripts that could be generated by something that's a different thing but live performance no it'll add but i don't think it'll replace you know no i agree yeah i mean sure but like you i mean you have to give the robot low self-esteem so i feel like yeah that advanced yet Mm-hmm. No, they're not. They're not that advanced yet. You know, they can do surreal comedy. That's the thing is that they can do irreverent shit. But if it's not irreverent in the right way, um, comedy's too weird to compute. Honestly, uh, it's just too because you can't like that. The thing that AI does well as comedy is being unintentionally funny. But it can be consistently unintentionally funny all the time. Mm. So that reads as a different kind of comedy. But that's why comedy's weird. Somebody could laugh way harder at a dog farting than an entire comedy special. Um, and it's not that they don't think the comedy special is good. Um, they just, it, their brain just decided it wanted to, like, oh, yeah, I watched that. It was funny. I didn't, like, laugh out loud, but, you know, it was funny. And then they could just, for some reason, be like, oh, my God, my dog farted at just the right time. And, blah, blah, blah. and it's just, like, I, I don't, 
it's it's so person to person and subjective and like it doesn't make a lot of sense like why does listening to like on an evolutionary uh level why does a dog farting make us laugh why do we have a bodily reaction like that to a dog uh, the noise of well, a dog I farting like anybody like i think like bodily functions we yeah just deemed as funny like for whatever reason yeah but yeah and that like, that is not the reason flow. you know is not programmable that's the thing. The computer can't understand I think it's why, an, because there is no reason. Well, I think it's, it's we laugh at anything that's unexpected, right? So right. it's like, I think a lot of times what's funny about a fart is like, usually people aren't intentionally farting. Right. I know that people do, but like, mm-hmm. usually it's like, because it's like a slip or an accident. So it's funny because, I mean, granted, it's very based and at the other person's expense, but like, it's it's yeah it's the unexpected right it, it's like what you didn't see coming so i think that's why yeah um but like not not also like jump scares i'm not trying to funny. justify fart, fart yeah no right, no i'm right. not saying no i'm not saying i'm not, yeah no well, look right? i'm not from the like fart lobby i'm not from the i'm not look i'm not uh you know i mean i'm not a representative from big fart you know i'm <laughs> yeah. not i'm not from the fart I'm not, lobby like, i'm not farting yeah exactly you know fart i laughing. i'm not you know i'm not contributing to any fart packs um but <laughs> just want to be clear um <laughs> I, just, I just realized like why am i let fat? me be why am i defending people that laugh at I just, no no we're we're not we're examining uh we're just like talking about like what comedy is yeah like, yeah and people... the yeah we're well so, like because what i was originally talking about was just like where like oh, sorry oh my god now i don't even remember what i was talking about isn't weed cool uh, isn't adhd cool isn't uh, all that stuff cool both of yeah those things are cool and yeah, yeah. especially treating cool adhd people. with weed mhm i'm like why was i why why was i getting on like a weird philosophical tangent about uh, what is and isn't funny. Oh, the robots die. Oh my God. The robots are taking our, tra- our trains of thought. Um, the robots are taking our trains of thought and they're replacing them. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's what I was like, We were talking about that because I was like, there isn't really a way to logically explain to a robot why a well-timed fart is funny to a human. There isn't really a logical way to give it that information. And if you gave it that information, it wouldn't, it, it would like overdo it it would like do the joke too many times which and it would wouldn't necessarily of, understand would timing funny, yeah. but only like unintentionally it would be funny yeah it would be funny mm-hmm. because well and then there you go it's like the un- yeah it's only unintentionally like an yeah. ai can do one kind of comedy very well which is a reverent unintentional comedy um and it can actually do that consistently because that's what the seinfeld 24-hour Seinfeld and you know when you put a chat GPT script prompt in and it comes back really funny that's what it is it's unintentional surrealist comedy but that's the one comedy AI can't do it can't do it can't really do the other stuff quite as well because it requires uh timing and delivery and also an x factor that doesn't appeal to everyone because it it would try to generate comedy that's for air quotes like everyone you know like it would be like these you would feed the computer something like oh this is what is funny um but if it's not funny to everyone or they deliver it wrong the computer failed so it's going to be hard you know they're learning machines it's never going to really be able to learn comedy um 
because it can't, you know, it's drawing from past source material and there's too many conflicting sources. So well, it's, it's not like going to be able to get liveness yeah. of the room. Like, what if somebody, like, farts mm-hmm. in the audience or yeah, something like that? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Aud- like, live audience participation, which, again, if AI does that and it's funny, it's because it's this specific, irreverent, off-the-cuff, like, like unintentional funny. Um, but that's the only kind of comedy that, like, an AI can do. They do it well, but it's the only kind. Um, and that, that was demonstrated the AI-generated South Park episode. Like, okay, yeah, there was a logical narrative to the episode, but it wasn't funny. Uh, Anytime it was funny, it was unintentional. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was, like, ridiculous. It's because it was like, oh, man, it shows us how showrunners are, but, like, the showrunning software is legitimately kind of unnerving. Um... And definitely shit that's, like, scripted in production is under way bigger threat than live performance. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not funny. I, I, I firmly believe that AI has major hurdles to trying to write comedy because comedy can't be programmed into a computer. Like, AI's very good at what, but it's not, like, my dad, who's in tech, says this a lot, is that AI's very good at what, but it's not amazing at why. Because yeah. there's too many whys. There's too mm-hmm. many whys, and there's also, um, you do, you have to account for people lying. Um, well, and, that's, you know. and that's what makes the joke funny, too, is the why. Yeah. Like, without yeah. the why, like, mm-hmm. you, you just have an edgelord, basically. You have somebody, like, yeah. saying something obnoxious mm-hmm. just to say it. Yeah, which to some people is still funny. Which to some you know? people like, is funny. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing is that to some people it is funny and some people it isn't. And you can't tell a computer that. You can't, you can tell, like, if you tell a computer, okay, this is how you do comedy. Um, and you can either hand it a racist joke or that's hacky or a regular joke and you can say that those are both funny to different people that's weird information for the computer to try to handle it's not going to be able to do it it's like you know it like it it can say oh racist you have to tell the computer either racist jokes are funny or racist jokes aren't funny um but if it takes either one of those positions if you deliver this kind of joke and you don't hear anything stop telling that kind of joke yeah, no, computer doesn't understand you can only get away with this joke at a Long Island comedy club. The computer's not going to get that. And, like, you can it, do, like, it's different not... programs on the, on mm-hmm. the uh, AI comedian. Like, yeah. you could, like, do, like, this is a suburb room. This is yeah. a, you know, this is a... <laughs> exactly. Like, this is a liberal crowd. Like, yeah. Yeah, and even then, it still wouldn't work. You know, the, <laughs> well, even, like, even with shit, are, like, references, yeah. like, there's some jokes, like... You know, if you make a joke about a movie that existed prior to 1980 um, and you look in the crowd and there's only Gen Z in there, Mm -hmm. uh, you can't tell a computer to do that. There's like there's too many like specific situations. Like if you have a crowd, suddenly you have a crowd and you determine that one table doesn't speak English very well and you want to kind of like and you want to kind of do crowd work them a little bit and what little Spanish you know okay you can't tell a computer to do that shit either you know that's there's a lot of shit that can't be done people are like oh but it'll get better and it's just like it can get it's AI is as good as the information when the robot gets that intuitive we gotta be Mm -hmm. it's it's not gonna it's gonna decide not to do stand up Mm -hmm. yeah Exactly. Smart robot wouldn't fucking do, do that shit. You're not making any money. You know, like why you're not, not, that, not that robots need money. Not that robots need money. I think that they would just like be like, this is irrational behavior. 
Uh, or or they just why, be like, why am I not taking over these dipshits? Why, like, why yeah. would I do stand-up comedy? Yeah, no, I've this seems... Uh, how to mimic emotions perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and they, they're not even, like, mimicking emotions because, like, you know, if you're mimicking stand-ups, you might just be mimicking sociopathy for some people. Well, so I said this a while ago, and I still think it's yeah. true, is, like, the best people, I think I tweeted it, it was, like, the, the people who are the funniest in comedy, I think, are either really empathic or total sociopaths, and they mm -hmm. both have to talk to people after shows. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're either really intuitive, like, I think you're, you're either really conscious and, and that's how you're able to tap into, like, ways to manipulate people, which is sociopathic, mm -hmm. but, like, if yeah. you actually either actually know how to, like, shape what you're saying because you, like, have, like, uh, feel, like, connected to people or you're just so detached that you don't have any guilt about like like I feel like somebody who's like an edge lord, they don't they know they're doing something bad and that's why it mm -hmm. usually sucks because they don't Yeah. Like and I'm not saying like just being brazen and obnoxious, but like they they just wanna shock, but they don't want to manipulate. But a sociopath would want to manipulate. Mm -hmm. So they would make it funnier. So that's my anyway, yeah. I'm not not condoning sociopaths. Just uh Nope. <laughs> We're not from sociopath lobby, big sociopath LLC. Yeah, uh, we're we're not we're out here from the the gaslight conglomerate, um, the ga gas industry. I think that's the... what it, I think that's what comedy is called, right? Yeah, Especially the gaslight, <laughs> gaslight conglomerate. Yeah, the ga 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 gas gaslighters of America, hilarious gaslighters of America, HGA. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Hilarious gaslighter, the H the HGA. The haha -ha guild of America. I don't know. Um <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I feel like this is another winning category that maybe went Oh yeah, no, this uncovered. is the winning category that we haven't done. Um God, Steve, Steve used to do yoga called uh Hahasana, which with comedians. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> This is why we're we're gonna be friends forever. Um, did you know that he had a, a Star Wars wedding at City Hall in uh, in Ohio uh, at like ten thirty in the morning? No, but again, <laughs> no, I did not know that, but not surprised. Yeah, <laughs> it's good shit. Um, so rolling up at the end, but I want to talk about a couple of other things that mm -hmm. I have written down as memories. You remember that gig uh, where we were both dancing like that Sia song, like the chandelier, oh, and we're God. in like a weird art gallery. <laughs> Wait, why was it, I don't. That wasn't. Why, comedy, I don't, That was like no. What was it? Like improv or something. I think he it thought it was sketch. funny. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, it was sketch. Kind of yeah. Sketch they needed background dancers, and we learned how to, to do this dance in like an hour. And yeah, like, and we both have supposed... like a dance background, right? Like yeah, we both just, have a dance background. Dancing. And I think it was. I think it might have actually been paid a little bit. Um, the main thing I remember is that he he had bait. It was a, a the performance took place on a hardwood floor. Mm -hmm. Uh like dance studio type thing and there was a full audience and somewhere in the middle of his bit because like the, he had some kind of surrealist solo 
performance art thing happening. Yeah. Some some kind of thing where he kept throwing baby oil all over himself. Um, and there was baby oil on this wooden oh, floor, and yeah. I, I slipped and bust my ass so hard. Like, I my head, like, hit the back of the floor, but I just got up and kept going. I don't think I had a concussion, uh, but I, oh my god, I took, I took a spill, and I, I was in a little like white dress. I didn't even see that happen, because I was so yeah. fixated on... No, you're in show mode. Um, like, and I was also somewhere else in the room. We started in the audience. Like, he had some kind of thing oh, doing, and then he just, right. like, was, like... Oh, yeah, he had I some kind of thing he was thing. doing, and then he was, like, I'm gonna play uh, the song Sia, uh, the this, this song Chandelier by Sia, and you guys need to look at the video, and, you know, just dance like she dances. Um, and that's... Watch the video for reference, because she dances crazy in that. Um, and we started in the audience, and then we joined him, and we're, like, dancing around him. Um, and it was, it, it was very silly and fun, uh, but, you know, there was a lot of baby oil on a hardwood floor, and I, I bust my ass, and I was also fearful of it the rest of the time, because I'm pretty sure we didn't have shoes, either. I don't like, I think that, I think I had, I feel like I had stockings on, I, I yeah. really, I completely forgot about that whole entire thing. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, there's a lot of, I'm never gonna have enough time to do everything, that's why this is, like, just kind of a general, like, the, the memoir podcast is, like, an outline of if I ever decide to read a book, I have now, I now have a narrative structure, but, like, there's, there's so much weird, again, this is, like, a Philly, I, would I have gotten booked on this gig in New York? I have no idea. There's a lot of weird shit feels, in New York, but I feel like, like it, there's, it, it feels exist. like a Philly thing. It, I was gonna say, it also feels like it could exist. What, what, whatever could. the hell we did could exist in New York. It but could. It wouldn't be common because it, it was a comedy show. Yeah. But I we, think so. I think... <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't know. I feel bad. I got it. I don't even remember. Who I don't it. either. I th- I'm th- that's another thing. It's one of those things. I'm like, I have this insane memory and I don't remember how it even started, who had the gig, what the deal was. Um, but and it was last you know, it, minute. I feel like somebody asked yeah. me that day to do it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was very weird. It was a very, very, very weird thing. And that was back um, in the beginning. When you're new at comedy, you take any gig, you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is- do that sure yeah i mean i still will do shit just because uh people don't invite me out that much but i don't i don't do stand-up anymore turning down stand-up gigs for the last couple of years i think people don't believe you if you say you stop doing it um when is the fact that people still ask you as a compliment because like half the time i feel like i need to like remind people i'm like hey i'm still Mm -hmm. i'll do i'll do stuff yeah the best yeah, the, the best was when um, Brooklyn Comedy Club uh, booked me without asking me if I was available, um, and I had oh, already boy. quit. Oh. Um, and I was like, uh, guys, uh, I messaged them. I was like, hey, so I'm tagged on this flyer. Uh, I don't do stand-up anymore. He's like, oh, I was about to ask you. I figured you might be free. I was like, what is what is happening right now? Um, like, interesting was, way to ask, ask somebody. Yeah, no, I, don't just put me on the flyer and hope I show up. I Jesus. Like a I, I might have, I'm like, did I look- I, get drunk and say i would do the show and i mean that's uh, yeah and i was like i already stopped it kind of feel felt like one of those high school nightmares um which is also what the working oh, yeah. at the bdsm store again feels like is like it's one of those like nightmares like oh shit i have a test tomorrow and i haven't studied um and that's what that was like i was like wait hold on do i have a gig i'm like what what is happening hold on um and i also yeah, usually I when Google somebody messages get messed up and like had a whole panic attack because mm-hmm. i'm like everything's in there yeah. that goes away like i don't know what i'm doing 
Yeah, New York also has a habit of mixing me up with Hannah Boone, uh, who's a lovely person, uh, but it's always very funny when I have to, like, forward an or something to Hannah Boone. (laughs) Yeah, we're not even remotely close. Um, I have a a pretty out-of-control wild brand by design. I'm like, I don't know how this, it's fine. And your name's even She's she's lovely. It's like, I've definitely tagged somebody where, like, it'll automatically want to do a different person with the same name, but you can see the name shape. And it's yeah. Like, oh no, that's not. You know, it would be like if it tried to tag like Hannah mm-hmm. Trav. Like Trav looks yeah. different than Harkness. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, exactly. Way exactly. Right. Anyway. Okay. So there was that that weird memory, and then um, that that feminist play we did. We wrote a play. Oh yeah, that was for um. Amanda and uh, Allison. Yeah, thing. it was called Reasonable Fear. Yes, um, that was fun. Yeah, it was. Um, can you, like, I, I don't want to tell every single story. Do you want to talk about that? or? Uh, so I know that it was, like, a series of things, but we wrote this, like, okay, so wasn't it, like, it was, like, I was being catcalled. Was it me being catcalled? It was me being catcalled. But yeah. I started to like it and I started to like get too clingy to the catcaller. And then he didn't want, like, he was like, I was freaking him out. So it was comedic. Mm-hmm. But I think we delved into more like, weren't you like the psychologist and like you were, uh, what? I forget. I just remember yeah. that part, but I forget. It, it did get serious at one point. Like, like we made it get yeah. serious, but then we, you know, of course brought the comedy right no i i remember exactly what happened um and also this was uh i wasn't sure if i was gonna like talk about this on this episode or not but like this happened while i was in the middle of like a psychotic break and i was doing a very good job of covering it up um Mm. i i I thought i was and because you just shortly after we had the second performance of this you actually um helped me get to the psych ward because i had a major manic episode and like i remember that and i remember when you told me shit. i was like yeah you did yeah. keep it together because i you know yeah people don't notice if i'm spinning out because i do a very good job of covering it up also the way i was spin- the specific way that i was spinning out was me being like oh i think i'm like this incarnated goddess but nobody must know um uh, so yeah, like that, that to me, i might have been like Okay, that's cool, but are, are you like okay? <laughs> like, you know, the hospital, yeah, no, that, and I did. I remember when you you walked me to the triage for that uh, thing. I was saying like, listen, I feel as though I've been asleep for two months. Uh, I'm awake right now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I should go to the hospital. Yeah. Um. So I, but I, I cle- that that's another reason why I clearly remember that is because it's from a period of time that I've had to like in painstaking detail recall to many doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, a little dark for a second, but the, uh, <laughs> the thing leading up to it, uh, so the play, which I do still have the script for somewhere. Um, I feel like I do, because I, it's, I do, Maybe aside, yeah. Maybe we could do a dramatic reading of it. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. Let's do a fucking table <laughs> read, man. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the plot was that you were a cat, you were getting cat called, and I was your HR manager at work, right. and you were fucking, you were fucking up at work because you kept following the cat callers. You're like, someone was cat calling me under a bridge, and I had to follow him home. 
um, <laughs> oh, yeah. because I needed him and I was waiting for this, break, you know, and it's just like, you just basically developed all this, like you ruined your life because you were responding to every single cat caller. Um, right. and then right, right, right. me as your HR manager was like, why is this happening? And then I had some whole screed about like how, oh, you know, these, these guys aren't really, I, I, I don't fucking know. I want to read it because I'm sure it's, it's funnier than whatever I would say, but it was like me doing like, uh, HR manager speech about how you needed to have good self-worth and stuff, but it was funny. Um, but the reason it got really serious is because after we did that play, we had a thing where we walked up and had, uh, like, had serious things, like, as not our characters going, like, this is how I feel about catcalling, what I need, or whatever. Um, and right. I did it, I did this whole dramatic shit where because i was in the middle of losing my mind uh i did this whole dramatic thing where i was talking about how i like push people away from me and we shouldn't you know catcalling makes it so you feel as though you have to block yourself from people and you know i was talking about how i like always use a stage name because I, I think i was still short stack at that point oh um, yeah yeah so i was thinking i was like i use stage names i pretend i do this all this other shit i like took my hair down and i, I was uh yeah, and I was just like, we shouldn't be doing things that continue to, like, push people away from each other. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like a, like, kind of like a weird turning point of, like, shit, do I have to turn myself back? I, I think I need to go to the doctor. Um, like, but, uh, yeah, that's when it got serious, and I know, I know, um, we, Rick Giuliani was playing the cat caller. Yeah. In the play. Yeah. And he did an amazing job. But, yeah, like, I got he off stage and he said... He was wonderful in that role. He was incredible. <laughs> um, and then I, I got off stage and he said I made him cry. Um, and I Aww. was, like, almost crying. Yeah, it was, uh... No, yeah, that was might be the now. most... Yeah, it might be the most raw and emotional thing I have ever done on stage, and I think I only managed to do it because I was at peak mania levels. I don't know if I could still do that now. Like, the, the level of vulnerable I got in that moment, I think it was because I was losing my mind. Um, but, uh... I mean, yeah, and then we made a video, too. Out of you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about the video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we made a video, too, which I definitely still have that um, I in my being in the unlisted park. YouTube yeah oh and God, you wait. were doing the dante character. i was dante i had a picture yeah. of dante um mm -hmm. like humping air and like yeah wait because i think i like i used to post it to be stupid and be like mm -hmm. uh if you see this yeah comic, don't book him mm-hmm yeah, and you all, like, we also had you playing both Dante and yourself and doing, like, really bad trick photography yes. to make it look oh like, yeah, God. and, like, like, we're shooting Vicky Fernandez from the back with the bandana on it oh. so it looked like you oh were talking my. Dante. Yeah. I um, this. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, no, this sketch was, like, I, I remember this sketch. You put a it lot was, of work into that. We put a lot of work into that, and the Wait, whole premise I think it's was that YouTube, isn't it? Still on YouTube? I thought it, I it's on. It it's on later. my unlisted YouTube uh, somewhere. Okay. So I, I definitely still have this video. And what it was is that Vicky was like trying to lure a stalker on her Instagram page by posting right. like I'm at brunch. Right. Yeah, and like she was trying to lure a stalker in her instant Instagram page, showing up looking for her at brunch, and then like we ambush the guy and like it, it, you know something on film. I don't know, um, but yeah, you were also playing Dante, which is your drag, uh, your misogynist yes. Italian drag character that yes. would occasionally do stand up too. Um, yeah, he would, and then he would get booked more than I would after he would. Yeah, do one thing. Uh, 
yeah, no, that's always a... When, when like, the weird thing you do gets you booked and more attention than, like... Did, uh, can I talk about the only time... a man, and it happens to be a yeah. man. Yeah, like, it happens to be a man. no experience and get booked easily. Yeah, talking about wrestling out loud has done more for my comedy career than trying hard ever will. Like, I swear oh. to God, like, there's so much stupid shit where you're like, oh, is this why I got for... Uh, fine. And you just kind of have to go with it because it's never... that, And that's why comedy is weird. Comedy's very, very, very fucking weird. Like, fucking Ariel Elias is an incredible comedian. Um, it was into a, a fucking racist throwing a beer can at her head and oh, her right. catching it and drinking it. Yeah, that is the thing that is, like, you know, and you, you work so... That, that's the infuriating thing about stand-up is that you work so fucking hard. It is the hardest thing. You have to, like, do the same ten minutes of whatever the fuck you're doing for months to get it right, and then it still won't be right for everybody because, like, comedy is subjective. Mm -hmm. That's why a robot can't do it. Um, or subjective. That's why a robot can't do it. Uh, and then the thing you get famous for might be a response you had to an audience member one time. Um, or one thing you said on the internet. Or something like that. Alex Perlman being, like, internationally famous now is crazy. I know. Um, yeah. th and it was because it was one TikTok where he was upset that he, if he made it, would, and I'll, I remember it. I remember the TikTok that made him famous was that just, like, if I had money like Nancy Pelosi, I'd be on a boat. I'd be on a fucking boat. And that propelled him to mm. two million Instagram followers and t uh, Chinese media coverage. He gets, like, I don't know how closely you're following how much reach he has. I do follow uh, him. He, I mean, he yeah. has algorithms, but I... Yeah, I mean... I'm not on TikTok as much as I should be, so... No, 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 no. Nobody should be on TikTok. It's bad for us. But, um, the... Mm -hmm. It's all bad. <laughs> but it's the... all bad. Yeah, it is. But watching his fame trajectory has been fucking incredible because the way he's... He, he got, um... Did you hear that he got the... Pennsylvania, uh, it was like one of the Pennsylvania state senators to sign the budget instead of going on vacation because his fans bullied her so hard. That's amazing. Um, yeah, exactly. He's getting real shit. <laughs> He's getting shit done. Which most comedians don't do. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Well, he used um, to have it, like back when I first. He used started, to do Occupy and shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, that. But he also had Pearlmania was his mm -hmm. podcast, so it would just be him yeah. ranting for an hour. Because I listened mm -hmm. to it a little bit when I first start. You know. So, right. He used to just awesome. do that. It's just crazy. Yeah, like one, mm -hmm. one TikTok. It was before TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, it was, it's way pre TikTok. Yeah, but yeah, that I I keep waiting for my weirdo moment. But uh, I also kind of you know th this is something that I've noticed with Twitter fading to dark. Is I'm like, I think I might have made it to the end of my Twitter experience without any serious death threats or rape threats or things like that. I never really had that that big of a dog pile, and it used to make me feel like eh, I'm bad, my engagement's bad, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm glad it was never like that. I think I managed to have a better experience with the thing because that didn't happen at any point. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so I, yeah. But and then I also am like, I work real, like, work so fucking hard. Why am I not getting recognition? Oh, that's everybody's problem. Oh, okay. no, that's yeah, everybody's like, problem. Yeah. It, oh no, no, I'm not. I'm not minimizing yeah. it. It it sucks. Uh -huh. It's like the ongoing thing. Yeah. Like just give me my, give me mm -hmm. my time. Give me my shot. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So last thing I want to talk about. Um. The, the one of the most 
valuable parts of uh, working with you was the amount you produced because I don't like producing live shows that much. Oh, it I, sucks. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, it's hard. Um, it's hard as shit and it takes a lot out of you and fielding booking requests can be really annoying. I love booking if nobody is asking me to be booked. That's about it. Uh, I yeah. That's why I like booking actors is because nobody knows what my thing is. Like, they, they, they don't know what I'm looking for. So they can't hound me for parts. Mm. <laughs> but um, I... This is a thank you for your service moment. Honestly, Aww. you had... How long did you produce Comedy Gasm? Because I, I did that show a number of times and it was three, always a packed room. Like, three years, I think. Because I think right after the three-year anniversary was yeah. when I cl- like just stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And that was how yeah. I started. I was going to say, wait, that was how I got started getting more bookings was produce mm-hmm. your own show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. People um, want to and- get on your show. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like a sex, it's like a sex positive, like, you, you were the first person to have, like, a, like, a super, like, sex positive show oh like that. Um, oh, yeah, so what I then... would do is, like, because the whole thing was, like, I was realizing when I started, like, I, it's, like, as a woman, when you get looked at first, you get treated different, you, you like, as opposed to a new guy, like, they're judged mm-hmm. just on their comedy, but it was, like, I, like, I remember, like, I wouldn't wear as much makeup at first, because I was just tired of, I realized like if I dressed like myself, I would, I was like, I can't even get work my jokes out because I'm still so new. And then people are looking at me. Mm -hmm. So I had, so comedy gasm was like, I would have, um, like I would have my friend design it. It would be like a microphone Mm -hmm. in a suggestive position. Like it was kind of like a self-aware of how tacky Mm -hmm. it was, but it was fun. And then I would always wear like a slutty dress. Like to yeah, it. you wore amazing dresses. You wore like these like fantastic, sparkly, uh, fun dresses every time. I always remember that, like in heels and shit. It was, yeah. it was just dope. It yeah. was important for me to be like, like it was just my way of saying fuck you, and I'm still gonna produce mm-hmm. a good show and make sure everybody has yeah. fun as much as mm-hmm. you know, as much as you can. Um, and, and diverse really lineups. Supportive. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. as much. Yeah. yeah, like a or like not just like i need one this person and one that person yeah no one of each is in diversity um but like you were one of the like because when i started doing when we started doing comedy in that scene it was still <sighs> there was it, so white the dude. lineups were yeah the lineups were still snowstorm plus one person to not make it look like an obvious snowstorm like they did it was still a lot of like token showcases and it was your show um and like other shows that were produced around yours that kind of like flipped the script on that and i like i feel like that shouldn't go unnoticed as far as like philly Aww. comedy history goes yeah no because i'm right i'm right and it's the same thing with the happy birthday like you had the all women's shows at ray's happy birthday bar that ran for a while which um, is I don't know if still there. idea so she's phyllis boren's yeah. idea yeah and uh shout out to phyllis boren my yeah. awesome i uh, i to this day uh, the most weed I've ever seen anyone smoke is this uh, <laughs> septuagenarian stand-up comedian lady yeah. uh, living in South Philly. Uh, I That woman got me so fucking high. Like, we would just clear these entire vapes and just, like, the, like, the old school, like, tank vapes. Uh, like, not the pens. 
like the ones that like are just bad. Oh, I've been shit, in her like, house. I've, I've yeah. Seen, oh my yeah. god. Um, but that, and then you also had comedy for gentlemen, uh, which is yeah. some of my favorite sets that I ever had. You have that at the. It was originally at Signature Strip Club, and then it moved to uh, the Republican, yeah. which is uh, just a Philly, which uh, felt like the natural place for it too. Land. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, too. And then you had other. You booked other acts too. You had like burlesque in those shows sometimes. You know, oh, you had uh, no, Dirty no, Diamond. No, no. Well, that I was, remember Aris doing comedy. Yeah, that was comedy. Right. I thought you meant comedy yeah. for gentlemen. My bad. My bad. Oh yeah, no comedy for gentlemen was straight stand up. But like my favorite picture of me doing stand up ever in the whole uh, ten years was the, oh, at the Republican because it's like it was me doing stand up. I look like I have a good time. In the mirror behind me, you could see one of the strippers watching. Um, and like just in strip clothes and just chilling. I think it was, uh, Summer is her name, an Asian, um, Asian know. woman. Um, I think her, yeah, I think her name was Summer. Um, and then, uh, I, I might be messing it up. I remember that Republican had like three different dancers that had seasons. There was like an autumn, there was a summer, um, and there, yeah, was, I forget. Um, <laughs> I, I'm but, uh, afraid of saying the wrong name, so I don't yeah, but, yeah, I I am too, but I I think I remember that correctly. Uh, and then there was uh, yeah, and then you could also see uh, it was Nicole Phoenix and Bill Reich are also off to the side in that picture. But it was it's it's just such a cool. It was fun like, to combine comedians like in that yeah. place with that environment because it was mm-hmm. like a place I always liked hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Republican is worth describing. Um, so, he, he, <laughs> like, and this is also honestly, when I booked people. I'd be like, just yeah, this or, is what the freak out. <laughs> this is what you're going into. Okay, to describe the Republican, um, this is a place that's still in South Philadelphia. You can go there to this very day. You can, can go you, over I, to this. I, I didn't know. Yeah. It, oh, okay. I didn't know. It was no, it is. Uh, I I check on it regularly. There's some Philly businesses that even if I don't go to, I routinely check on to make sure they're still open. Um, and the Republicans, one of them, it's it's more out of disbelief. Um, I, I, I don't want to... I haven't heard anything about it, and I haven't tried to go, mm. ironically. Just yeah, they might not have, like, events, but they're still a pretty stalwart strip club and Ooh, a okay. meeting place for criminals uh, on a much lower... It's very low-key when that happens, but it does happen. Um, so, like, I mean, it's... South Philly it, anywhere, really. Yeah, it's South Philly, yeah, no, I, I talked to, it was, it was other dudes that I know that told me that. They're just like, yeah, that's a good place to handle business away from eyes, uh, but it's not, like, nobody's violent in there ever, really. I never hear of anything, like, bad happening in there. I, I mean, yeah, um, I've never had, well, yeah. yes, No, I've never, I've definitely it. never, yeah. Um, so, the, to, to describe the Republican, the Republican is a, a one-room strip club uh in south philadelphia it's a yellow building with absolutely no windows um and it is privately owned uh for the purposes of being able to stay open until 3 a.m uh they they want to be able to stay open until 3 a.m and they want to be able to smoke inside so what the wise owner of the republican uh elected to do was make this an air quotes private club where the membership was five dollars a year um and you signed this weird little piece of paper. Yeah, what a deal. Um, so you basically paid a cover charge one time for the rest of the year, and then they were able to operate as a private club, so they could be open until 3 a.m., and you could drink in there until 3 a.m., when Philly bars are usually 2. Um, and they had... Uh, 
doorbell that was like crazy mm-hmm. loud uh and you had to ring the doorbell to get in it doesn't matter if it's like in the middle of any performance it's just the doorbell will just go off uh they had a do- ancient dog puff um uh, puff ran the place uh and would bark at the literally. door sometimes <laughs> yeah no definitely ran the place it's probably uh it's still there it's still immortal um i, I think know. that I, if, I don't know puff is pretty goddamn old he might not be there anymore I but the um, owner passed over oh yeah i i did hear that but the uh, puff was the ancient dog they used to have a birthday party for puff yeah um there was no uh separated couch dance area there was one couch um and the owner would time it 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 didn't it was not behind a partition of any kind it was just one regular couch like you'd see in someone's living room like weird leather um like dad cave couch uh, is in the back, and then the owner sat and would, like, time the couch dances on his cell phone, not super far from where the couch dance is happening. Like, you could see him over the shoulder just, like, uh, look at the cell phone, like, uh, 20 minutes. And the dog would sit next to you, occasionally. I watched Puff, I watched Puff, I watch Puff get on the couch dance couch a lot. Nobody seemed to have a problem with it, but it's very funny, because, like, I, I don't, there isn't another single strip club where a dog that I've doesn't seen, belong to I've any of I've seen a dancer have to work around him before because he got up on his feet. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> it's like, it's a strip club dog. It's like, that, that's definitely shit they're getting away with because it's a private club. Um, I always tell people, I'm like, well, it's kind of like a after hours, like, small, like, strip club, but they're mm-hmm. smoking aloud and a dog lives yeah. there. If that's okay with you... Here's the deal. Like it would just yeah, be such a no, weird totally disclaimer to tell people because some that's a those are things I would want to know. I guess before yeah, no. If you're ringing a doorbell at a place with no sign and yeah. no windows, it's yellow on Snyder Street, it which like is a, like yeah, like it could be like somebody's row home. So you're like, am I? Yeah, no, you don't know. There, it does not have any indication whatsoever on the front of it that it's a business. It has no windows. Um, it's a weird shade of yellow. Like you don't know if you didn't know there was a strip club, you wouldn't know that that was a strip club. Um, and it was always a there was a dude with like a, a nerd dude with a Doctor Who hat working the door. Um, usually there's a, there's a couple of bouncers, but it was usually that guy. Um, which is also unexpected if you're like knocking on mm-hmm. the door and they had one, I think they had one of those little eye windows. Yeah, exactly. They had one of those eye windows. It was, it's not even unexpected for, um, comedy show. It's more unexpected for that location. That location, it really looks like you're like walking into like somewhere significantly shadier the business crowd would be like way shadier than it actually is like because then when you go in there like it was on face value weird shady south philly strip club with one couch and broken mirrors everywhere they never fix those mirrors those mirrors were always broken eternally um and you'd see like oh this is a sketchy place where crime happens no you have nothing but like cool feminist alti goth chicks like fucking work in the bar and on the pole with like the you know a couple other people mixed in um and it was owned by a cop um it's a confusing place it's the improbability drive in action um and i loved it yeah a lot of uh details Yeah, it's a lot. It, it's a it. It was my favorite place to do comedy in Philly. Honestly, that well, that and Ray, Ray's Happy Birthday Bar. Um, yeah. also, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was always supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was 
that was incredible too since it was just said the history of that place race happy birthday bar is uh one of those bars that they they also still have smoking um and open at like 7 a.m and Dude, no food. i don't know if they have smoking yeah. anymore because last time i went yeah they it wasn't so i feel like it changed huh. i feel like after pandemic a lot of places changed their smoking yeah well that would make sense uh if people's lungs are worse um but it it certainly helped not out all for a there definitely time. are some yeah. but um mm-hmm. and a lot of them are in south philly uh yeah yeah no they they're never i mean that's that's impressive to people from other places by the way if you have any bars in your town where you're still allowed to smoke that's very impressive to outsiders especially smokers um they're and ironically like i i hate that but i would i Mm -hmm. both bars were so supportive of the show Mm -hmm. and everything but it's like i i i would just like suck it up and like Mm -hmm. deal with it because like the smoke oh i yeah, and you have a lot of hair, like, hair, smoke gets in and your it just hair. Gets, yeah. It makes my eyes tear and everything. Like, it mm-hmm. just, I feel like it stays in my whole face for, like, two yeah. days. I can't do that for more than three consecutive days, but I do like cigarette smoke until I don't. Like, I, I am oh, the most yeah. uh, susceptible to the smoke the whole pack thing. Like, okay. I can gross myself out with it um if i have to but sometimes a cigarette just hits for me and i also Mm -hmm. like those clubs for like i i like inhaling other people's smile i'm weird like i i I love the i mean i think it's noiry aspect of it but it stinks i know it stinks and it's bad for many people my dad hates it my dad has to work in smoking clubs all the time for a reason it's pleasurable on purpose you know Mm. yeah but uh, no, my dad has to deal with that a lot too with bars. He's like uh, he he hates smelling like smoke. Um, but he's a jazz musician, so they lean mm. even more into the noir angle. Um, yeah. you know, this no smoke at a jazz club is still legitimately a little weird. Um, okay, well I think uh, we should wrap up. Uh, but yeah. uh, just a parting parting question: Do you have any like uh like I didn't ask you this beforehand or anything, but like, do you have any memories of me that you think I might have forgotten, or do you oh, have boy. any? Yeah. Wait, specifically that I think you may have forgotten, or can it be? Yeah, either that, e- either that, or just something fun, um, like okay. something fun. But it's always uh, something fun, but it's always uh, worth asking if you think I forgot, because then it might be even more like, oh shit, I should include this. Um, I wish that, min- oh, I kind of wish I did prepare because I feel like there's a, I mm-hmm. feel like, um, oh my crap, uh, there's so many things. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess I was thinking of, uh, do you remember, didn't we do like, did we do like a um, show at like some kind of convention in like, was it like North Jersey or something? Oh, was it Wicked? Yeah. Did you, did you? Oh shit! You did Wicked for okay. So now we have another uh, fucking Go moment. I, I think I'm calling you know the movie Go where there's like four different uh, stories coming out of the same it, location. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. So yeah. I, in my I'm starting to call these Go moments with this project where I'm like, oh right, you were at fucking Wicked Fair too. Uh, Wicked Fair is a meeting point for a lot of different people. Um, but yeah, no, we did a we definitely did that. Um, I think yeah. I, I forget if it was a showcase that I produced, but we've definitely done the weird, uh, like, 
rend- it's it, for a second there in New Jersey, and there was a whole episode about this with Little Miss Roller Hoops. Um, I don't know if you know her. Uh, she's I like, know, like, I've Hoop. met her. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've been on shows with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you one hundred percent have like the, the with like whiskey kit and burlesque troupe and shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But she, uh, yeah, we they that was her entire episode uh, where just for a hot second there in New Jersey, there was all of these weird free convention events and that were like a mesh of like a sex co- a thing, a renaissance fair, as much random nerd culture as you could possibly throw in and just like a lot of variety of performances. Uh, w- Wicked Fair is one of them, but I was uh, I was pulling a lot of com- other comedians in to perform in that scene to share the wealth because I that's where it started. I remember why we were there. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do remember doing it. Yeah. We definitely did a Wicked Fair once. Now I'm starting to remember that. Like, we went up as a group. That was awesome. And then I was also, when I learned how to hula hoop, I was a Little Miss Ho- Roller Hoops had a hula hoop class, like, right before we were supposed to go on. Um, <laughs> God, why do I not remember that? Yeah, but that's cool. Thank you for reminding me that you also uh, went to one of those. Um, this, can I tell you about a, com- a, a non-comedy yeah. memory that yeah. maybe you don't forget that I just thought was, like, fun and random? Do you remember yeah. when we came over and we watched, like, the original Jersey Shores all day? Yes. <laughs> yes. That was that was awesome. Because I remember uh, and it being like, Hannah's going to hate this because I've been, like, rewatching the... I was like, I can turn this off. And you're like, no, we can watch it. I'm like, all right, we'll watch one and see how you feel. And then, like, we ended up... I don't know mm-hmm. why I was like, she's going to hate this. But then it ended up being, like, really oh, funny. I don't... I don't present as a person that is into reality TV, um, or, or like, and or uh, yeah, no, I, I really don't know because I sh- I show up as like anime. Um, the closest thing I watch to reality TV is pro wrestling, and that's still not it. Um, like it's a d- totally different format. I also don't watch that much TV in general. Um, I'm I'm kind of a I, I feel bad because there's a lot of really good TV out there and a lot of amazing shit happening, and I'm just like watching wrestling. Uh, but I like the wrestling. There was a time we wrestled. Oh yeah! Why did I fucking okay? Wait, this is a good closer. There we go. Hey, I have this written down. I have this fucking written down, and I didn't do it. I'm looking right at. I have like junkyard cat written after seeing. The only time and... I've ever first and only time I've ever. Wrestled. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was the, um, there will be a separate episode for Junkyard Cat, which will be, uh, near the end of the series, because Junkyard Cat, uh, showed up in 2019, uh, but this is my, uh, wrestling character, um, that was inspired by, uh, the scene in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they go to a junkyard to buy a junkyard dog, and he's like, no, we just have this cat running around. It's indestructible. It jumped into tar- a flaming hot tar, and it lives in a pool of gasoline. It's tough. Um, and I just made a whole wrestling character out of it, and then uh, with awful wrestling in Philly, me and Rachel uh, wrestled as Junkyard Cat, and I invented her a yoga pants cat character named uh, Co-op Kitty, and right. I had yeah. her manager be her bougie yoga pants owner, uh, Jillian, which was played by Jillian Markowitz, and she became right. Jillian Titlement. Um, <laughs> and both of you then became part of Brooklyn Battle Comedy lore, but we'll, we'll save that for uh, a future <laughs> episode. Um Okay, well, yeah. yeah, that was awesome, and also my favorite, I, I, I think that as far as the wrestling goes, uh, my favorite part of that match, 
is still when we did the thing that cats do where uh, they yes. watch something go back and forth. We we basically had it where you ran the ropes, meaning yep. like bounce bounce off the ropes. Like you ran back and forth like 25 times and we were counting yeah, we it. We were just like 25. Basically. Yeah, we, we did a sit on it joke. Like sit on it jokes are when you do something so long that part of the joke becomes that you were doing it too long. And it's a weird hill and valley thing where you start the joke and it's funny and then it gets awkward in the middle for a bit because people don't understand why it's still happening. And then as they come around mentally to, oh, the joke is that it's happening too long and they're not just, like, doing this wrong, then they laugh even harder because it's still funny. And then you have the second joke of, like, you're taking this too far. Um, so I determined which, which we did. that, yeah, I determined that, like, if we do this, like, 25 times, you bounce off the I feel ropes, like it was uh, And I just watched, I like, like, a cat. Yeah, it was 30. 30? 30? Okay. So Hell imagine yeah. so someone you're... running the ropes and wrestling mm-hmm. 30 times. 30 times while I also dress as a cat, watch them like you watch, like, a ping pong ball go across the yeah, table Yeah, you were darting your head, like, yeah. back and forth. It was... It was incredible. Honestly, these are these this is the kind of comedy that it took Philadelphia for me to produce. Um that I I swear to god, that and uh, yeah, no, I had I had other shit that I talk about in other episodes, but yeah, this this is the comedy that uh Philadelphia brought out of me. Um okay, there well there you have it. There you have it. Long ass episode but important ass episode because it, it was a long period of my life that will certainly pick up again eventually. I know I'll do comedy again eventually, just not right the fuck now. Um <laughs> you can always come back. You can always come back. All right. Uh thank you so much, Rachel. Uh you yeah, welcome. thanks for having me. This is-